Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Merry Christmas, buddy. How'd it go? Excellent. How was yours? It was good. It was good. Other Megan? than Tony Brothers trying to ruin our day. Oh, we'll get into that. Megan, how was your Christmas? Good? Mine was great, yes. We asked Megan off the air uh, how her, her Christmas went. She said good uh, because there was uh, zero drama. No tumult. And I got to tell you, I had very little drama no. over the holiday, great. Ben. And you know what? That, is, that was a good part of the holiday. No, it was quiet. It was nice. Honestly, I you know I'd missed it last year. Not that as many people got together because of the pandemic and everyone's felt a little safer, I think, getting back together this year. And it was nice. It was nice to see everybody. It was nice to have everybody back and happy and healthy. Yes, absolutely, and hopefully filled with uh, uh, smiling children, which uh, I was talking to Lloyd about this. Uh, having kids definitely changes this holiday. The magic. Yep, there's a lot yeah. of magic involved, and I'm still at that point where I've got a lot of magic with both my kids, so very fun. I had a moment where uh, you know I was dinking around in the kitchen on Christmas morning, and Sadie was up, and uh, it was like, no, you got to stay downstairs for a while. We're we're getting it together up here, and uh, we've got to get the camera ready and all this stuff. And and my wife is like, you're torturing her. And I was like, yes, correct, hundred <laughs> yes, percent. That's exactly what I'm doing. Yep. And yes, I do want to get my coffee ready and be prepared. And yep. I am going to take my time. You sure. better believe it. She's going to be down there bouncing off the walls. That's the point. Because honestly, that's what you remember growing up. You remember hiding in your room and just can't wait to come down or whatever your parents are doing. You don't necessarily remember all the toys, but you definitely remember getting tortured by the parents. Yes. That you can come down. Sitting there and, mm, mm, yep. So it is your job. That is your duty. That's what I, that's what I thought. But, you know, anyway, it was great. And you catch the smiling face coming up the stairs the and best. all that stuff. Yep. Yeah, it was amazing. So hopefully everybody out there had a good holiday and is planning on... Uh, Having a good New Year. Megan, you said you got your hair done. Did you get it done on Christmas Day or did you get it after Christmas? That was Thursday. That was Thursday. So that was before. Well, that's fun. You're all ready to go. I don't know. Uh, you you come from kind of a, a hairstylist world, uh-huh. and uh, but I, I know none of the terms except for, so when my wife talks about it, it's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I've always had a very uh, low-maintenance hairstyle. I'm not into it. Right. So what So what happened, Megan? Was it a blowout? <laughs> <laughs> that was part of it. That yes. was part of it. Okay. She just made it more blonde. Yeah. Oh, okay. So a coloring uh, there too. All right. I've only colored my hair once in my life. Oh, really? You colored it? Halloween, and oh. I decided I would uh, dye my hair black. But I uh, I selected. I guess it's semi permanent. I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the terminology is. But uh, so my hair was a greenish gray for several months. Hard to get out. Yeah. It was not a one night thing. No, you ended up making a real commitment to your having dark hair. I did. Okay, I did. But it wasn't dark. That was, if it would have stayed dark, it would have been fine. But as it gently faded, it was it was some sort of color that hair is really not meant to be. You're good now. I decide this isn't for me. You know, <laughs> I'm just going to go natural. This is this is where I'm at. All right, uh, we do have a lot to do, Ben. You mentioned the Christmas Day game. We uh, we certainly will talk uh, quite a bit about that. Would imagine uh, you fans are also uh, gearing up for the old Rose Bowl. It's crazy this week. It's coming up as long as the old uh, pandemic doesn't sweep in and get another another bowl game. It's got four already, and they're certainly all recent. And uh, I can tell you, you know, firsthand, you're seeing Omicron starting to fly around this country quite a bit. Certainly reached the West Coast. So fingers crossed. All the kids are in uh, Pasadena now. Didn't they fly out yesterday? They were able to yeah. take the Patriots plane. That was kind of cool. Random. Uh, yeah, weird. But, you know, hopefully everybody now can get into California. 
like you want to have fun, you want to get together, you want to do all the the bowl game stuff, but you just hope you just hope there's no serious outbreaks inside either locker room because you'd like to see both these teams at their best. Like to see them play. Yeah, would be yeah. Nice. Most importantly, play play. But like, and, and no offense to anybody, but like I don't want to see the third string quarterback having to play like we saw with the Baltimore Ravens yesterday where even Tyler Huntley couldn't play because he's in the COVID protocols. So you end up with just like these. You know, the third string guy that nobody cares about. And I, that's no offense to these college kids. I just hope we really get to see the best of the best when we're coming up in the Rose Bowl. Has, uh, has anybody uh, picked up uh, the Sun Bowl yet? I know they've offered a couple of people right. to play. Uh, I've covered the Sun Bowl, been down there in El Paso, and it's not the most glamorous bowl in the world. But it is a huge deal in that community. And there's like a, a big military presence there. And like it's it's. <laughs> it's a big deal there. I right. hope some. I hope a team picks up uh, picks up the game. If you've ever been in that stadium, Ben, it's like it's surrounded by rock on all sides. It's actually really cool. It's just so inconvenient to travel a football team. Correct. Basketball teams can pick up and go. And, you know, you don't even need a private plane. But man, getting a, whatever the traveling team is, eighty kids or however many kids end up traveling, it just it ends up being such a pain. I'm sure it's so difficult the last minute for these schools to want to go in and play, and it costs so much. Well, knock on wood, Ben. Uh, hopefully, we'll see uh, as many bowl games as possible, uh, and particularly the Rose Bowl. Obviously, it's a huge deal to that program and uh, to. Our community and sports radio. We need it. Not us. But like, no, we do. The, the state needs it. Utah certainly needs it. It would be great. I'm a selfish guy, Ben. Yep. <laughs> we need it. Be a huge bummer. Yeah, it'd be I a mean, bummer if we learn about it tomorrow. As somebody who is doing sports radio through the cancellations of 2020 when, you know, the the Friday would come along and you wouldn't know, you know, whether Utah was going to play or not going to play and ended up being, what, two or three cancellations in a row. Right. I mean, it just, it it was terrible. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Such a letdown. And let alone if that happened at the Rose Bowl. And it's happened, it, they've been so good so far this season. Not just Utah, but basically college football in general. I know there was the four bowl games. The only reason the bowl games were canceled, though, is because they're already somewhat borderline of whether or not they matter. You know, the, especially those games that got canceled. They're already a little bit questionable. So if you don't end up playing them, um, it's not a huge deal. But... The Rose Bowl really matters. The regular season games really mattered. It was only the USC game that got postponed earlier this year. So for the most part, the the college football did a very good job. It would be unfortunate if they don't get to see that bear out by the end of the who year. Who was the team who got marooned in Hawaii? You're right. Because Hawaii could not. Uh, Correct. You know, and the thing with Hawaii, that might have just been an excuse. Like they had a COVID case pop up and they're like, oh, I'll just cancel it. Because I don't know if you've uh, been following the mutiny that's going on at the University of Hawaii where Todd Graham, the coach there, is not they're popular. Host- they're hosting Memphis. So Memphis got marooned in Hawaii. It must have cost that university a fortune, a fortune. to get there. Yep. And what do you do at that point? Pack them all up and take them home? Well, or? Yeah, it was Friday. Or so shell out even more dough. So I guess you like, gotta hang out and pl- just hang out on Christmas, which is fine. You're with your friends, but I'm sure those kids were still like, I couldn't have gone home for this. You made me practice all December for this game to get ready for Hawaii. <laughs> Terrible. Didn't end up matter. All right.
Ben, should we launch into uh, to the jazz? Yeah, let's talk get, some jazz basketball. Get right into it. Well, let's start with the big news, and then we can talk about uh, Christmas Day. Uh, but you've uh, written about this. Uh, oh, Kyle wrote about yeah. this, actually, up at kslsports.com. Donovan Mitchell will miss this road trip uh, dealing with a back issue, and we saw it in the, what, second quarter of the Christmas night game where he started to kind of deal with it. And probably one of those situations where he woke up the next day, because in the postgame, he sounded like it, it wasn't, going to derail anything and he probably woke up the next day with some some soreness and so he's going to miss the road trip which is exactly what he should do and that's what backs do right you know you're warm everything feels fine you can tweak it and say ah it's probably okay and then yeah you wake up the next morning and you realize oh i can't even stand up straight you know and it's just not worth it at this point for the jazz you're going to san antonio it's a tough game because we saw how tough they were last week they put up 144 points yesterday on a terrible Detroit team, but San Antonio is playing on the second night of a back-to-back. I think you would hope that the Jazz are in a better spot this year, or, or this week certainly, to beat them. Even though you had them at home last game, that should have been a W. But I think you're, there's some familiarity there. I think you're not going to uh, allow them to catch you by surprise. I don't think the Jazz took them seriously last week when they lost to them. So I think you'd probably come out ideally and uh, have a little bit better game plan. San Antonio is playing well, though. Really well. Yeah, San Antonio's good all of a sudden. We don't yeah. we don't talk about that part of basketball enough or I I think just kind of you know sports in general can happen in football certainly baseball it happens but like you catch a team on a hot streak like the Jazz have with San Antonio who's now won what five of their last seven seven of their last Ten and three, uh, in a row. and three in a row. So and, and look at the look at what they're scoring. I mean, they put up 128 against the Jazz, 114 in a loss to Sacramento, 116 in a win over the Clippers, 138 against the Lakers, and then 144 last night. So they are for for whatever reason they just caught fire. This team is just scoring at an extremely high level right now. I mean, you look at the average points uh, since their win in Utah. They are at. 128 points a game. <laughs> I mean, 128 points a game, Jake, is an insane number. I know the Jazz had that 127 offensive rating for a little bit, but 128 points a game over the last five is an absurd, absurd number. Uh, no doubt. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about Christmas, Ben. Okay. Um, the Jazz did win 120 to nobody 116. Won. Nobody you know what? won. My take is nobody won that game. <laughs> nobody. There, there wasn't winners. Uh, the, the, we were talking about this before the game, or before the show. The crowd... Was the star. For sure. And might have been the only positive thing, really, about that game. I'm exaggerating a little bit. But the the game itself, uh, I didn't think was particularly fun to watch, mainly because of the officiating, which was just, they just ruined the game, Ben. There is... There are games where certainly teams are more physical, or everyone's a step slow, so they're fouling a little bit more, which was part of the problem. You know, it was Christmas night, it was 8.30, everyone had had a long day for whatever reason, whether you were on the road, uh, as the Dallas Mavericks were, I'm sure they were tired and wanted to go home, or if you had been at home and celebrating with your family and then you had to go into work really late like the Jazz were, like, for whatever reason they were a step slow. But the officials failed so badly adjusting to that and making the game watchable. They called it like it was a well-played game. Sometimes you need to call these games like they're poorly played with the idea of pushing through them. Then on top of it, the ESPN commercial breaks are already a minute longer. There was that weird delay at halftime where they had to come out and they extended the clock and the guys had to shoot around before they, which they usually don't during halftime. It was painful how poorly handled that game was by Tony Brothers and his crew. They ruined that game. Ruined it. It was terrible. 72 foul shots, Ben. Two hours and 50 minutes. 
for the game to be played. 250. A normal game is about 209. But you kind of look at the box score at the end Ish. of every game it tells you. Yeah. It's right around there. Two hours to 210 is about the biggest single swing you can see in any uh, game that ends in regulation. They tacked on an additional 40 minutes to that game. It was insane how poorly handled it was. And then, Jake, you look at the fact that it tipped off at 8.30 hour time, which is 10.30 on the East Coast. It ended at what, 11? Uh, what time did it end? 11.20 here, I think, is when the final clock stopped, because it's two hours and 50 right. minutes about there. Yeah, that's it. And it's 1.30 on the East Coast. Nobody's watching that game anymore, Tony Brothers. Nobody cares that you're doing your thing. You gotta stop. Well, I thought Coach Lacombe at halftime made an astute observation that the Jazz were kind of playing like they were playing on Christmas Day. That makes any sense? Like, out there to, to you know... Put on a show? Put on a show. Yep. I felt the officiating crew did the same thing. Yeah, I think you're right. Which is embarrassing. Correct. Embarrassing. I mean, I thought that they were just trying to torture me personally, honestly. I thought, what, Tony Brothers, what did I do? What did I do to you to deserve this? Because it, it was just, it just ruined the flow of the game. And to do that on a, on a stage on Christmas Day or whatever, I, I just... To the point where his name was trending on Twitter. Tony Brothers was nationally... He was doing such a bad job that everyone recognized nationally that they had to voice their complaints on Christmas Day about how poorly uh, Tony Brothers and his team was calling that. And then the calls that they missed were crazy. I mean, that obvious traveling call, where was it Frank Nelikina threw the ball up in the air, didn't get touched, caught it, and hit what could have been a very important basket in the final, what, two minutes of the game. It was just, it was, it was slightly maddening. Sitting there on press row watching this game and being like, there is just zero concept of anybody else's time in this building. That there are 18,000 other people here who want to come and enjoy a game, and the officials did not care. They had zero concept that the people were there to actually enjoy it. You People, uh, you, because it's competitive and we strive for justice, Ben, uh, and we want to see things fair, we don't realize that this is a product this is entertainment. It is, uh, in a sense, it's a show. It's a stage show yeah. that also goes on television. Correct. And referees' job should be to, you know, officiate the game. I got it, but it's also to manage the product. Right. So, I, I don't know. I, in we can get to some other things that actually happen, but honestly, that was the biggest story of the game because it ruined the game. And there wasn't uh, been there hadn't been a game in the NBA this year that had both teams taking thirty three or more free throws, and the Mavericks took thirty five, and the Jazz took thirty seven. And actually, it should have been more if Dallas could foul at the end of the game. Correct, they could have slowed that game down a little bit yes. more. And Donovan Mitchell thankfully dribbled out of Blessedly. it. Blessedly. No, I, I'm with you. Out of it. I, and I hate to sound like a curmudgeon. I hate to sound like Scrooge talking about this game on Christmas. But that was absolutely the takeaway of the game, was that this is being so poorly officiated and so poorly handled by the people whose jobs are not, to, like you said, to call the rules, but are to keep the game moving. That is really what an official's job yes. is. It, is. it is to keep the game somewhat fair, like you're saying, but really to make sure the game is progressing the way it's supposed to. Fouls are a hindrance. So they do that to make sure you don't hinder the game worse by creating fights, by creating all these issues. But, man, they, they spoiled it. I mean, there was – I, I want to say Chris Porzingis had something like nine free throws in the first quarter by himself. 
I mean, it was just crazy. And some of that was the Jazz not being able to handle them and you know playing a little bit small and not being able to handle this weird uh, Mavericks roster that was so beat up that they had three players with the last name of Brown. Did you see that? There were three different Browns on the same team because they're signing guys out of the G League. But my goodness, it was... It was a very difficult-to-watch game, so good for any Jazz fans who decided they wanted to stay up and watch the whole thing because it got out late. You'd probably already had a long day, probably needed a Christmas nap or just a full-on bedtime at that point. So shout-out to everyone who stayed up and watched it. Now, let's talk about the shorthanded Mavericks uh, here for a second because I think, you know, you see a lot of people panicking about the Jazz. Why aren't they mopping the floor with these teams? And uh, I even see, who was it? Uh, I think it was Lloyd who said, I will not buy the these are NBA players excuse. And, okay, I see where you're coming because the, 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 the G League guys that Ben's talking about are not, are not making the impact. But here's what that hot take is ignoring, Ben, is that a player like Jalen Brunson – is a very good player. Yeah. Maybe not an all-star, but a very good player. Yeah. And his role when Luca is in the lineup, Ben, is to do what? Stand there. Sure. And Support Luca. That's it. Yeah. Stand there uh, and with his... No, I'm not going to make that joke. Never mind. Uh, but stand there. Yes. You, you get my point. Yep. So, Luca's not there. The rest of the team, you know, Trey's going to get out there and get a few shots. Trey Burke's not there. Right. You know, there are plenty right. of shots to be had. There's Correct. a huge role on the team to be filled. And let's not ignore the fact that Jalen Brunson is good. Correct. So he's going to go in there and he is capable of having a good game. And he scored 27 points, but he took, Ben, 25 yep. shots. Yep. 25. Because there were 25 shots to be had. And so we saw it with... Um, Wow, one of my going blank with uh, the game before. We saw it with, um, I'll bring up the silly box score against uh, Minnesota. Anyway. Oh, like Jaden McDaniels ended up with, I think, taking like 18 shots. But yes, you're right. A lot of guys end up filling in and getting those opportunities. Yeah, and they're good. Jalen Brunson is good. Correct. And, Everyone can play. And he's going to get, uh, you know, for the games that he's having right now, he's going to get paid. He's a free yeah. agent in the offseason, and he's going to go and uh, and fill a role. Uh, Beasley. Yes, Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley. Correct. With Minnesota. Right. He's, he falls into that category, too. 100%. And he took 25 shots it, to get 33 It points. goes, you know, Joe Ingles was on J.J. Reddick's podcast last week. I think it was last week. And J.J. Reddick had an interesting point. He said, you know, 90% of the NBA is unhappy with their role. 90% of the league thinks that they could be doing more because they can do more. Exactly like you're saying, Malik Beasley on any given night, Jaden McDaniels, who I talked about just a second ago, Jalen Brunson. Any night, those guys can step up and play great. Look, Kristaps Porzingis is better when he's not playing with Luka Doncic. That doesn't mean your team's better playing without Luka Doncic, but you look at his numbers since Luka's been out, and he's regularly going over 20 points a game, and he looks like the guy he was in New York. And he was a star in New York because they didn't have anyone else who was any good on the roster, so he had carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. Right. That is very common. I think you see that in the NBA quite a bit. That's an interesting take. 90% of the league is unhappy with their role. Which, you know... Might even be on the low end. Correct. Let's look at it. Who's happy on the Jazz with their role right now? Donovan? Because he gets as many shots as he wants. That might be it. See, I would maybe throw Jordan Clarkson in there based on something Joe Ingles said last year, where Joe became comfortable coming off the bench because Jordan Clarkson made it cool. Yeah. So I might I might throw Jordan Clarkson in there, but yeah, I get your point. And I bet you Jordan Clarkson doesn't like waiting until there's three minutes left in the first quarter to sub into the game. 
He doesn't like not closing games. It, it must be weird yeah. to be Jordan Clarkson and leave a game with five minutes left to play, regardless of you've been playing well or poorly, and saying, I don't get to impact this game anymore. Like, honestly, Donovan starts, he gets the most shots, and he closes the game. And he has the ball in his hand late. Like, that's fun. Rudy Gobert wishes he touched the ball more. Yep. We know Rudy Gobert wishes he touched the ball more. Mike Conley regularly has games when he plays 24 minutes. He doesn't play back-to-back. He's not happy with that. He wants to play more. All of these guys want to play more. So, yeah, it might be one guy per team, which that ends up bringing you up to, what, like 95% of the roster, 96% of the yeah. rosters are, are, are you know guys who aren't totally happy. And then there are probably the Trent Forrests of the world that are just saying, like, I was undrafted. I could be making nothing. Uh, I could point. be doing yeah, that, yeah. and I'm thrilled. Whatever. So maybe it's happy like to be here. one and a half guy. Yeah, you know, is really happy okay. with their role. But yeah, it's not. It's not a whole lot. It's not a lot of guys who are very happy to be out there, uh, only doing what they're able to do. So yeah, when when Luca goes out, I, I'm with you. I'm more on the side because I saw a bunch of tweets of the Jazz shouldn't be losing to this team. The Jazz shouldn't be struggling with this with this Mavericks team. And I, there's another take I want to get up get into coming up in a minute or two uh, or on the other side but I'm with you I think everybody's so talented and these teams have never played together it's probably a little bit hard to defend because you don't know what actions they're going to run because they don't know what actions they're going to run so it's a little bit of chaos of saying well we were prepared for one thing we got another you know we prepared for you know what what did they do in the Revolutionary War they all lined up and shot at each other and then the Americans were like we're going to hide in the bushes (laughs) (laughs) we won we won (laughs) we just hid in the bushes (laughs) guerrilla warfare you're kind of fighting against guerrilla warfare a little bit when you play against this team of of really mercenary players that are just trying to come in and prove that they can get a spot on an NBA team in the future they got a lot to play for they got a lot to play for they got a lot to play for a little bit of part of my take that we should get to coming up next okay good tease Ben well done Sorry for doing your job. Uh, no, no, I like it. Uh, let's see here. Davis Vision. It's their uh, fifth annual Black Friday sale. It's been extended through this month, although last week of the month. Uh, so get on it. Tired of glasses or contacts? Get lacing now and save $1,400. Check them out online, davisvisionmd.com, or call 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Ben has a bone to pick with a hot take coming up next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. The Utes are Rose Bowl bound for a battle against Ohio State. The Utah Utes headed to the Rose Bowl for the first time in program history. Emphatic champions. Your home for the best coverage of the Utes' historic trip to Pasadena is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So glad uh, Christmas music is in our rearview mirror. Hasn't Jake, hasn't Hatch seen these guys like 26 times or something I'm crazy? A, I'm waking up. It's a Magic Dragons, right? Yeah. yeah. Hasn't Jake said he's seen these guys like literally 20 plus times? Well, he's a Utah County guy. Yeah, and they're like around. I have a funny story uh, involving them. You can appreciate how out of touch I am, Ben. Uh, this is going to be like seven, eight years ago maybe during the height of... Imagine Dragons yeah. bursting onto the scene, and I'm walking in here to the arena, and uh, there uh, there were lines out front of people waiting to buy tickets. And I asked the 
uh, co-workers were walking through security like, oh, what are people lining up uh-huh. for? I was like, imagine dragons. I was like, what is that? Some kind of kid's show? <laughs> the guy looks at me and he's like, no, they're a pretty popular band and um, they're actually from Utah County. Um, but yeah, you should you should look into That's them. when you realize you were washed. Oh, I realize uh, I've known I've been out of touch for a while now, but that that you really watch as soon as you have your first kid. It's fine. You have a kid. You forget. You don't hear any popular music that comes out. You stop listening to the radio. You went to your first movie in how many years? <laughs> oh, two, two at years. least two right. years. So yeah, and, and you know, I know there wasn't a lot of movies last year, but That's, still, like you just stop seeing movies when you have kids. You stop being able to go out and see popular movies as soon as you have kids. And we saw a movie yesterday at 10 o'clock in the morning because we were going to have the baby with us. Yep. And so we're not going into a correct packed theater at night to ruin everybody's night. We'll go in the day when there are very few people there and see how it goes, which actually it went terrifically well. Good. I mean, we may have committed a parental faux pas. You tell me real quick, and I know we got to get to the jazz, but the baby takes about three, four-ish naps. Uh-huh. A day, right. right? So we're going to a 10 o'clock movie. The baby got zero naps huh. leading up to the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, But yes. then the baby slept, slept the during movie. the movie no. for like an hour and a half. That's what I do during movies now, too. <laughs> I stay up so when I get in the theater, I can pass Just out. conk out. <laughs> it's the best sleep you ever get now. So anyway, we did that. We were like, oh, you don't get a morning nap. We're, we're keeping you up. Got a movie for you to sleep through. It's great. My wife threw headphones on Perfect. her. It was it went remarkably I well. Bet the baby was thrilled. Oh yeah, yeah. She had a good old time. <laughs> it's the best movie you she's ever seen. All right, Ben. Let's uh, let's get into it. you. There's a take circling out there that you are not pleased with. Okay, about and the Jazz. I, and I'm not. It's not that I'm not pleased. It's just the direction of the NBA, and I think there's a reason we're starting to see all these things come together. Okay. And I'll start with this line because we saw this break actually on Christmas Day break. Uh, it was a story that came out on Christmas Day. From Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN. There's renewed momentum for the creation of a future in-season NBA tournament among the Lynx 30 teams. Sources told ESPN the NBA and the National Basketball Players Association have been discussing elements of the tournament, which could become part of the calendar as soon as 2022-23 or 23-24. So, the NBA wants to spice up the regular season. The NBA wants to spice up the regular season because as we've seen, and you and I have talked about this quite a bit over the last week or so, because we're getting all these players that are getting signed out of the G League to come in and play these games, because the regular season is losing momentum, we are really starting to recognize that the value of the regular season in the NBA, and we've been working on this for a while, we've been chipping away at the dignity of the NBA regular season for a while, but resting players became a huge issue for the NBA where they tried to fix it and never really figured out how to fix it. There are still guys that sit out important games all the time. And then there was the pandemic, and we stopped the season in March and started again in August, and we realized, okay, the traditional calendar is not as sacred as we once thought it was. And then last year, we dropped it from 82 games to 72 games. And now this year, we're just saying it doesn't matter who's on the teams. We're just playing the games. None of it matters because they're recognizing that the regular season in the NBA matters less and less and less. And how we consume it is changing every day. So they're getting to this point where I think they want to get out there and start this in-season tournament because they want teams to play hard. And I have to admit... One of the things I think I've recognized, and I again, this is a sensitive subject because I don't want to say that anyone's not working hard or playing hard, 
But watch these last two games the Jazz have played against mostly G League rosters of guys who are playing so hard every second they're on the floor, and they're giving the Jazz, who are so much more talented than they are, an, a serious run for their money. All they can handle. Even yep. though they're so much less talented, and they're only G League players. Why? Because what I'm recognizing is the middle of the season in the NBA, the true dog days, which is where we are, game 30 to game 60, wherever you want to call it, there is, everyone's running their stuff, everyone's executing, everyone's practicing, everyone's focused. But man, they just must not be playing with the type of intensity. And we know this. They are just not playing with the type of intensity that you get in the playoffs. Because when a team does come up, even if they're so much less talented, and plays that hard, they can beat you on any given night. What I'm recognizing is just the intensity of the middle of the regular season in the NBA is at such a passable level and not at this elite level where every game matters that the NBA seriously is recognizing there's an issue. Uh, I think Adam Silver recognizes there's an issue and wants to find a way to spice it back up because it's going to get worse. And I think he's worried that the regular season's going to get more and more unwatchable. Yes. Yes. It's not a hot take. Now... I'm just seeing all these different elements a, where it's yeah. coming to this point for me right There's now. There's a lot of donging it going on. That's been true forever. I don't know if an in-season tournament solves that problem, but I like it. I, think I don't it, think that they should do it to solve that problem because it doesn't. But they should do it because it's a cool idea. I think and the NBA fans needs would it. like it. I think the NBA needs okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I, I can come along with that for sure. But, the, I mean, until they come up with a proper reward for regular season performance or shorten it significantly, right. then this problem is going to continue. Because the fact is, and, and you pointed this out, so I'm, I'm certainly not disagreeing with you, it's been a problem all the way along. But we're just, and I'm not even going to say we because I've been complaining about this for a while because the fact that seeding is a just reward for regular season performance is ludicrous. Correct. Ludicrous. Correct. And, uh, it, you know, so I, anyway, but we have just woken up to this issue like, hey, these games in December don't mean anything. And it's, it's because the machismo has come off a little bit because back in John and Carl's day, you just didn't miss games sure. because people were paying good money. To, right. You know, there was still the leftover from the day where the NBA really was playing for its existence. Right. So it created this. Well, and the guys needed it, every game. <laughs> yes. It created this, but this environment that you just didn't, you know, whether it's a tough guy thing or you're, you're playing paycheck to paycheck or these franchises have to have you play to stay in business, created this kind of culture. And now, obviously, the whole team can miss games. The NBA is going to be fine. Right. So there's not this you have to go mentality. And all Correct. of a sudden, people figure out, well, what really is. What really is the goal here? And it's no longer to entertain on a nightly basis. It's to win a championship because right. that is what makes the money is the competitive, the TV show. Ben. Right. Yes. So it's it's a problem that I don't think you can easily solve without something drastic. So do the in-season tournament because it's a good idea. Don't do it to solve this problem because it doesn't. I think you're doing it because the regular season has gotten stale. I do think that's a major part of it. So why not fix that then? Correct, and I think that's what they're doing. I do but think that is the goal. But this doesn't fix that. I, that's my point. I think 
it gives you something to enjoy before Christmas. And here's how it would, here's the rest of this article and what the pool, or excuse me, what the tournament would look like. Negotiations have centered on an in-season tournament that would begin with pool play as part of the regular season schedule prior to teams with the best uh, records advancing to an eight-team single elimination tournament that would culminate prior to Christmas. The proposal would also shorten the regular season from 82 to 78 games. So you get more money because viewership's a little bit higher. You have this eight-team tournament, which is what? That ends up lasting three rounds? I can't do my math on the air, but you go eight to four, four to two, two to a champion. So anyways, you, you end up trimming that down. That's four games. But it, it gives everyone a little bit more reason. And then the sides have discussed a purse of $1 million per player on the winning team. Great. <laughs> Just really funny again. <laughs> the, the problem is, and this is human nature, these guys make so much money now that, like you're saying, you don't need to play hard in game 40. Where in the past, like these guys needed to play hard every single game because you needed your game check. Because two million dollars was a lot in the '90s to make, but like two million dollars is not changing fortunes for your family for the next two for decades. generations. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell is going to make whatever thirty million dollars this year. Like his family is set for this family his next year, and then he has three more years of that $30 million climbing up to $40 million before it's through. Like, every year he has generational wealth coming in, and that didn't used to be the case. So now we're getting to the point where we need to up it even to a million dollars for essentially four games for these guys to to want to have interest in the regular season. I just think Adam Silver is recognizing that, yeah, you've got to find a way to incentivize there being value in the regular season. Because I think, as you've said, actually, what we've done, we've gone so hyper- focused on the value of a championship that it has a little bit devalued everything else. Absolutely. They need to incentivize the top and Ben I also like the idea of punishing the bottom. Okay. So, if you've got one of the worst three records in your conference, you get the bus next year. You get the bus. You know what? You, you should the have bus. them pay the winner's purse for winning the tournament. There you go. Yeah, the worst the 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 whatever, 22 teams that don't make it to the eight-team tournament, they have to pool money to pay the, the winning team that $15 million or whatever it is. It really is the brilliance of relegation in European it soccer. Is. It, it, it is. really is the brilliance. Whereas in NBA, and the NFL for that matter, uh, you reward the suck. Correct. You need to punish the suck. Correct. There's really no punishment for it. There isn't. Other than not going to the playoffs. In fact, it's good strategy. Yeah. Right. It's probably it's the smartest good strategy. strategy. Yeah. yeah. So what you need to do is is make it punitive to have the suck. I like the bus idea, frankly. Nobody wants to bus an NBA schedule. Tom that Izzo sounds even horrible. <laughs> even at Michigan State for one game, he was bad. They had to ride a bus. So you're right. Anyway, you have to do it for a whole season. We've got a we got a back to back. We're going to be in uh, Portland and then Dallas. All right, guys. Get on the bus! You know what I also think this does? Because it does trim the season down four games. Uh, it does give the NBA a little bit more wiggle room to play with scheduling. And I think they want to have a slightly more flexible schedule than they've had in years past. In fact, I think the future of what you know health and player protocols is going to look like might require that you have a little bit more wiggle room on this type of thing. But we're seeing in the G League right now. Remember the G League, this first half of their season, even though it started in on November 5th or whatever it was, this f- until, I think it ended just right before Christmas, it was actually a tournament. This whole first eight weeks of their regular or of their season were a tournament, and then the regular season actually starts on the 5th. Now, it was supposed to start today, but the G League said, you know what, there's too much COVID going around, we're going to take a break. What we want to do is push everybody, everything back to January 5th now. The NBA, because they have this tournament, could actually probably have a little bit more wiggle room 
for changing games, for changing the schedule in season, depending on how this you know stuff continues to play out. Hopefully by 2022, 23, we're not dealing with this anymore. But, you know, last March, I didn't think we'd be here either. Well, <laughs> probably always going to be dealing with yeah, it. Yeah, right. That's the thing. Yeah. I think we're always going to be dealing with it. I think this is just a Hopefully part of Hopefully we're dealing with it better. Yes, but I think then. this is what it looks like probably for a long time. And I think the NBA may recognize that, hey, we just want to have a little bit more wiggle room with how we're building our schedules. Hey, I, it, it's a grind. The NBA, I mean, it's, it's a big-time grind for I heard, sure. I heard a great line from somebody at the game the other night. They said, if I'm tired right now, I can't ever get mad at the players for being tired. Just true. Like if you're working on the sidelines and you're just watching the game, and you're exhausted because you've worked 30 games so far this season, which are, you're you're tired. I'm sure I'm tired. I know I'm tired. Tony Brothers made me really tired the other night. Jerk. I kept having anxiety dreams to last night that I was going to miss the show because my body was telling me you're so tired. You have to make sure you get up and don't miss Monday's show. I was having anxiety dreams about it. If I'm Having those concerns about how exhausted I am from 35 games into the season, not even that many, I'm sure the players at this point are just like, I can't believe we got another six months. Of this. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> you know, I don't know where the referees stay in town, Ben. I have no idea, but I hope wherever Tony Brothers was staying, they just I hope it was a they lost his reservation. Like, I don't know what to tell you, buddy, but you're not staying here. Did he have to go back to his hotel at like 1.30 in the morning? Just be like, I hope he had an early flight. Well, Tim t- tweeted that out, like, Tony Brothers must not have the early flight tomorrow. Yeah, I hope yeah. he does. I hope he did. But yeah, he did not care. Then again, I wouldn't want to spend... That's the loneliest of all the... Of, of the people in the NBA spending Christmas on the road, the officials have it the worst. At least the players like have each other. They like each other. They do gifts to each other. Like Tony Brothers, was, he and two other guys, I'm sure they didn't see each other at all on Christmas morning. So if I have to be here, you have to be here Correct. too, that kind of thing. That was exactly what if it was. If I'm miserable, guess what? was exactly what it was. You're going to be miserable too, and so is everybody watching at home because I'm Tony Brothers. Oh, he was bad. He was bad. It was a bad performance. It all comes back to that. That was the theme of that game. It really was. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Jacob Ben coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. The Utes are Rose Bowl bound for a battle against Ohio State. The Utah Utes headed to the Rose Bowl for the first time in program history. Emphatic champions. Your home for the best coverage of the Utes' historic trip to Pasadena is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Quick update on the Sun Bowl, Ben. Kind of. Also has to do with the Arizona Bowl. This is Ross Dellinger reporting. Boise State is working working to determine if they have enough players to play Central Michigan in the Arizona Bowl. Uh, Fire up chips. If Boise doesn't play Central Michigan, uh, Central Michigan could be paired with Washington State, which is at Sun Bowl site without an opponent. Okay. Tucson to El Paso apparently is a four-hour drive. Yeah, I, I guess that would be the thing. There's if the if enough games are canceled and it's not both teams, there should be some leftover opponents ready to play. Pair them healthy. Up. 
Yeah. Uh, Ross adds, Boise has not left for El Paso. Uh, Central Michigan arrived yesterday in Tucson. Washington State arrived yesterday in El Paso uh, and learned within hours that Miami couldn't play. So there are apparently discussions ongoing. Just hold my breath for this weekend for all the New Year's Six games. I mean, that includes the playoff. That includes Utah playing in the Rose Bowl. That includes the Citrus Bowl and all the fun games that we should be able to watch on Saturday. Well, I guess Friday and Saturday. I'm just holding my breath. Fingers are crossed. I hope everyone's healthy and fine. I mean, most importantly, again, the, the players' health and everyone being okay. But it would be a bummer to lose all these games when college football has done such a good job this year getting us to this point. And not to mention, you know, Utah. Never been to the Rose Never Bowl. Never been to the then. Rose Bowl, right. No, it's, 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 it's a great opportunity. And unfortunately... You could cancel the Rose Bowl. It's hard to can- cancel the playoff because it's not just a playoff. It's a championship game. Like, you're canceling multiple things if you cancel the playoff. You're essentially getting rid of, you know, some of your biggest yeah. moneymakers. Rose Bowl, you can say, even though it's a huge moneymaker, and they certainly don't want to, they could say, well, there's nothing after it. It's just kind of a standalone game. It sits by itself. If you have to get rid of it, you can. Well, and not to mention that the state really could do it if they... Correct. If it came to Correct. that. Yeah, Newsom can't wait to cancel that game. <laughs> Just chopping at the bone. The to show how much power he has. Canceled. <laughs> Watch this Rose Bowl. You're done. So we haven't heard anything that that's the case at all. I'm not trying to imply that you no. know we're even hearing rumors that that's anywhere near the case. I know a bunch of people have already traveled, and I'm sure Kyle Whittingham is running that ship extremely tightly. To make sure that uh, nobody's running around, but only so much you can control. Other Pac-12 news, Ben. Oregon is hiring Steelers O-line coach Adrian Clem. I saw that. Who used to be at uh, UCLA. And uh, he's also going to be, he's going to be the new O-line coach and assistant head coach as uh, Oregon building a staff. And I I just think that's critically important to the, uh, the, the conference as a whole because it's Oregon. And it's a standard bearer for the league. And if they're good, usually the league's good. And I think they've had some misses putting together um, coaching staff. Almost exclusively misses. Was Mario Cristobal a miss? Less of a hit than he gets credit for. I'd buy that. I'd buy that. He, He succeeded. He got Oregon, probably not to their peak, but he got relatively close. The closest I feel like they've been, even though they didn't... Go to the the college football playoff under him. I think the closest they've been since Chip Kelly was there. Here's the argument I'd make, though, that he's an underachiever, Ben, is he accidentally got Justin Herbert. Correct. And Herbert... 100%. Absolutely did not achieve his potential at the University of Oregon. He saved his best game for the Utes, ironically yes. enough. Yep. He didn't play like that no. in his career at Oregon. And not that I say that, you know... The NFL and college football are certainly different games, and just because you succeed in college doesn't necessarily you'll succeed in the NFL, or maybe you were okay in college, but the NFL is more suiting your game, whatever. But to see what he's doing with the Chargers, you've got to say that he underachieved at Oregon. Then again, don't look at what the Chargers did yesterday. No, they blew it. They lost to Houston. (laughs) With the playoffs on the line, too, right? Do you feel like you know anything about the NFL yet? We're in week 16. This is week 16. Do you know, do you have any certainty that you can take away from the league? Aaron Rodgers is still very angry. Aaron Rodgers is mad. He yes, is angry. He's mad at he's the world. Very still. mad. And then you made him play on Christmas. So he's angry. Your Bills I'm beat about the Patriots that. yesterday. How about that? That was a big win. We're still alive, Snapped man. the win streak. Well, they needed to. They're atop of the uh, AFC East now. So they stand, they should know, be They're better. tied with New England. Uh, agreed. They should have a game or two, but they're tied, but they own the tiebreaker now. 
And uh, the the chefs have rattled off like eight in a row, right? Yes. Tennessee is the top of the AFC South. Uh, the Bengals got the big win over the Ravens yesterday, but the Ravens were on their third string quarterback because Tyler Huntley couldn't even play. So the Bengals sit at nine and six. And you know what? Good for the Bengals. Bengals have been such a horrendously bad franchise for so long. I'm glad that Joe Burrow's actually stepped up and earned. He, he's a legit number one pick at quarterback. Yeah, he's great. He was the la- He's the last great number one pick at quarterback we've had. Now, that was three years ago. It wasn't like it's been a decade right. since he was been in the league, but he's exactly what I think you want from a franchise piece, right? He came in. Immediately they were good. Who did they draft? Who was their uh, – they, they drafted the, the, the wide receiver, receiver from LSU. Who's having a killer year. Why am I uh, – Not go- Jamar Chase. Let's see. But, it, you know, everyone was like, no, they got to go out and you got to get a tackle. You got to get somebody to stand him up. Good for the Bengals for kind of going somewhat against traditional thought of saying, no, we're not going to protect Joe Burrow. We think he's good enough. If we give him more weapons, we can be even better. And so that's what they did. And uh, they've lived up to it. They're atop the AFC North now. Tennessee Titans, I don't think they're going to be able to do anything without uh, Derrick Henry because he's hurt, but they sit atop the AFC South. You're right. The Kansas City Chiefs have won eight in a row. They sit at 11-4. and four. Dallas Cowboys yesterday looked great, but they were playing against Washington. Dak looked fantastic. Green Bay, as you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers is terrific. And the Rams are very good. Tampa Bay is also good. There's just, there's what, five teams that I think are really good this year. Chiefs are really good. Green Bay is really good. Who's better, Tampa or the Rams? Tampa probably deserves the benefit of the doubt. Probably going to go with Tampa because of Tom. Yeah. The Colts are randomly really good after a bad start. Yeah, Colts have gotten or certainly played better football as well. So I, I think there's two really good teams. I think the Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers are the two really good teams. In fact, I'm probably changing my Super Bowl pick to mirror what uh, what we heard from uh, from Sam last week on the show when he jumped on Sam Farnsworth from KSL. That's his pick. I'm probably going to copy that pick now. Never going to pick slash root for the Chiefs. Ever. You don't have to pick. You don't have to root for them, but you can pick them. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No. Who's your team, Megan? I'm a Packers fan. You're a Packers fan. So you're happy that the Packers are playing well right now? Very happy, yeah. yes. Aaron Rodgers is very mad. Very mad. Very He's not going to be on the team next year. That'd be weird. He wins the Super Bowl and, and bolts. But that's his style. That's totally his he style. He would love to do that. He would love to do yeah. that. Nothing would make him happier. No, he's not going to be happy anywhere he goes. That is the problem with being angry. It doesn't get fixed It anywhere. doesn't improve. It never improves. He's always going to be mad. Aaron Rodgers could go play for the Broncos. He could go play for Carolina. He could go play for any Chicago, any million. He's never going to play for Chicago, but any million teams that need him. And uh, he's never going to be happy wherever Still he goes. Still going to be mad. He's an angry guy. Stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next. Jake and Ben, happy Monday, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.